0: Dragon Ball Super Dope. Just Super Dope, yo. If you like Dragon Ball Super, you should be listening to Dragon Ball Super Dope. Duh. That's my pitch for the day. Just duh. faction we got a lot of shit to talk about today kameyakon's this weekend dude and i am not there and it's fucking fucking lame fucking lame but the internet's a thing and i've been on it all weekend looking at shit about come-con so we're going to talk about kameyakon uh but before we get into that before we get into the command-con discussion this week, a discussion, it's not really a discussion. It's more or less just me uh, being salty that I'm not at Comic-Con because uh, things happen in life. And then uh changes your ability to go do things. So, I'm not there. Hopefully next year. Uh, from what I understand, everybody who's in attendance this weekend has had nothing but positive things to say. Seems like it was a really, really great con. Not only because, you know, it's all of the... Um, Coolest shit you'd ever want to see under one effing roof. That's Dragon Ball related, uh, including Ryo Horikawa, uh, Japanese voice actor for Vegeta, being in the fucking house. That's that's cool. We'll get some get to him again in a moment or later in the show. Uh, not only because of the of the things that they've provided to the the attendees of the con, but I think just the fandom is is surprisingly in person pretty fucking cool to one another. It seems like people who attended the con this week have had a lot of positive interactions with everybody, and the sense of community was very strong. Uh, Again, this is all me just kind of observing from the outside, from a few thousand miles away, so I could be 100% off. But, everything I'm seeing online, it seems like the community, the fans, the attendees as a whole, all had a very positive experience, not only with the con, but with one another. And to that, I have to say, thank you. Thank you. Because... Online, y'all are assholes. Like, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Not so much Instagram. Twitter, really. Twitter's where the fucking poison's at, dude. And, you know, the Facebook groups that we're all a part of. um, It could be a lot of um, grading personalities, you know? Um, And I don't know if it's just because those miserable pieces of shit who have to confront everybody on the internet uh, couldn't afford tickets to go or something like that. And maybe they just got weeded out because they didn't have the money to go. But... My point is, thank you guys for being cool to one another, because on the internet, y'all are dicks. Hopefully this continues, uh, this con continues for years to come, and it continues to breed a strong sense of community among the fans, as opposed to a lot of the online stuff we've all been um, subjected to over the last couple of years since Super came back. But before we get into any more Con stuff, we do have to talk about episode 62, Dragon Ball Super Dub! Dub, I will protect the world. Trunks' furious power explodes. <laughs> explodes. Let's see. Uh pick up off of last week. it's just the it's the first appearance of Super Saiyan Rage. And if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, go listen to it. Super Saiyan Rage transformation is one of my um biggest issues with this entire arc, I guess, the series as a whole, I mean. Series as a whole probably has more glaring problems than Super Saiyan Rage. And from what I understand, Toritaro really corrected this in the manga and didn't have this be a transformation there. But for all um intents and purposes in the anime, I'm not really sure the the purpose it solved. Um wasn't like given an official transformation. I'm pretty sure the term Super Saiyan Rage was never confirmed. I mean, it's definitely not confirmed to the fucking anime. Imagine if they start referring to shit like that. Oh, Trunks has reached Super Saiyan Rage status. Like, woof. Fucking, I think at that point I'll be done as a Dragon Ball fan, but maybe throw like a Dokkan card or something like that. Uh, one of the Dokkan Trunks cards probably had the Super Saiyan Rage thing attached to it, much like the uh, Dragon Ball Heroes, I believe, kind of classified Vegeta's latest transformation in the Tournament of Power, uh, Super Saiyan Blue Evolution. As, as stupid as a fucking name that is, I think. Um, we do have, you know, some more further classifications or specificity assigned to these forms because of the extension of the video games, which I guess for like discussion sake and like sake of clarity, it makes sense. You don't have to be like, Oh, remember that time Trunks was like really pissed off and there was some blue stuff and blah, blah, blah. And like, he didn't have pupils. Like imagine if you had to describe all the different Dragon Ball transformations, all the different Super Saiyan transformations based off of a vague scene interpretation like that. Kind of helps to just be able to say Super Saiyan Rage because the dude was raging the fuck out. I digress. We pick up off of that last week where Trunks is basically has this transformation go through. And and he somehow very quickly, I mean, kind of composes himself enough to come up with this plan of, all right, I'm going to hold off Black. I'm going to hold off Zamasu, Vegeta, grab Goku, who is, you know, on the side of us right now on the ground with a fucking hole through his stomach. Go grab him and uh, get back to the past take the time machine get back to the past come up with a plan to beat them you have to do it now allow me to um you know basically i'm gonna stay here and potentially sacrifice himself to which vegeta has a vegeta kind of has the reaction of like hey you can't take these two by yourself don't be stupid um that really wouldn't uh make any sense uh for you to do that and i don't want you to die so Eventually, Trunks convinces Vegeta, you know, get out of here. They jump in the time machine. They go to leave. Uh, Goku Black actually almost shoots them out of the air, and uh, Trunks is, you know, heat dome attack there. I I don't know the Japanese name because I guess I'm a fucking bum today, but uh, shoots it up and blocks Goku Black's blast. Time machine escapes, flashes back to the capsule court building. Uh, this is something that I like. uh, Little Trunks, apparently accompanied by the Peeloff Gang, just kind of hangs out on the patio of the Capsule Court Building, waiting for them to come back. And uh, I kind of love that. Like he's he's pretty invested. Obviously, Beerus and Wiz are still there as well, and they're just having some dessert, chilling, being some fucking weirdos like they usually do. But uh, they then appear back in the past. Trunks. Little Trunks flies up to the time machine. He sees that Goku's fucked up. He sees that Trunks is fucked up. Bulma's in there. But Big Trunks is not there. Big Me's not here. So with that, he assumes, okay, the future must have changed. Things must have worked out great. Beerus did have a an effect on the final outcome of this timeline. And we don't have to worry about Tommaso anymore. They did it. And Beerus starts gloating. He's like, "Ha I told y'all, motherfuckers. And then... The only person who didn't just have the k- shit kicked out of them and Boma, Hiromisudu, rest in peace. We've talked about her a ton since she's passed this past November. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, I watched the sub in the dub yesterday. Um, the sub performance Hiromisudu puts on here and Monica Rial uh, for the dub, they both really put on phenomenal fucking performances here. When Boma jumps out of that time machine, and Beerus starts to gloat and say, of course, I was right. God, you know, uh, a God eradicating a God from another timeline has to affect the outcome. I was right. Patting himself on the back already. And Bulma jumps out of that time machine. And again, Sub and Dub, both performances are so fucking emotional and angry and raw. I like Sudo's performance on this because it's much more angry, as where Monica Rial for the dub, I think was a little bit more emotional. I don't want to say like she was crying, but I could feel like the pain in her voice more, as where would seemed just more straight pissed off. Both great performances in their own right, but... She basically steps to Beerus and says, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Listen to all this shit that we just had to deal with. And you said that this was going to happen and you were completely wrong. And now you're going to sit here and try to gloat and pat yourself on the back for something that you didn't fucking solve. She really calls Beerus out on this. And I feel like this is a really good episode of Super for a couple of reasons. One of which to me is Beerus' character development. When he first comes into the show you kind of have the understanding of he's indifferent he's there to balance the scales every you know sometimes there's too much life and he balances it out because he's the destroyer and that's his role in the universe and for the most part up until he goes so far as to erase samasu because i think the idea of the greater implications to multiple timelines, future, past, I think that kind of bothered him as a god. I don't think he did it because he's like, oh, Goku and Vegeta and Trunks are my friends. I, I definitely think that's that's Beerus. Um, I don't think that's Beerus, you know, showing compassion for people. I think that's him showing responsibility to, you know, maintain the natural order of the universe and things like that. So for him to do that with Samasu a couple episodes back and Hakai him, It was cool, but I didn't take it as a, you know, like a a sign of gratitude or kinship with the Z fighters. Today though, when Boma bitches him out, he gets upset. He feels bad. You can tell he feels bad because he basically says, Hey, I did what I did. This isn't, you know, I I took care of what I could take care of in terms of this timeline. I can't fucking solve everything. It's no matter to me. I'm out of here. We let's go. We basically says, hey, we wish you luck. You know, sorry, but he's made up his mind. We're out of here. And instead of him going back to his planet to go take a nap or whatever, what does Beerus do? At the end of the episode, he realizes that he goes to see Gowasu and starts to communicate the idea that, hey, man, we need to do something else to try to make this right. And even though Beerus doesn't eventually take part in what Gowasu and Kyle Shin are going to do in the next episode— he still sets that into motion because I think he was bothered by the fact that not only was he wrong, but not only was he wrong in being challenged by these mortals, like his authority as a God's being challenged or whatever you want to say. I think he was kind of hurt that, you know, Boma just shared this angry, hurt, emotional sort of meltdown. Like she just screamed all this stuff at him. And I think it kind of shook him because in terms of, you know, the, the, Boma relationship to Beerus and Whis, I mean, she's one of the more solid contacts outside of Goku and Vegeta. It's said multiple times throughout the series that Boma and Whis just kind of hang out sometimes. Whis will come to Earth by himself without Beerus sometimes, mainly just to be able to have some fucking food with Boma and, and hang out and say what's up. The point is, the relationship with Boma is strong, mainly from a selfish food perspective on their part, but... I think the performances by Hiromi Sudo today, or you know, a couple of years back, and uh, Monica Rial in the dub, ha huh, man, it, it impacted me definitely. And I think you know, same thing for Beerus. After Bulma, you know, kind of lets Beerus have it, and he takes off. Vegeta kind of you know makes up the he makes up his mind and says, "Hey, we can't waste this time that Trunks has given us." Which, motherfucker, y'all have a time machine? Like, why are you concerned about the time? You guys could. Jump back in time, right? Go, Come up with a plan, train, heal Goku, whatever. Travel back to the future. Like, I don't know, two seconds after you just went back in time? I don't know if you got the the capabilities to be that specific, like down to the second, but like, you could generally just go back to within the same stretch of a couple of moments, right? So... This whole, we don't want to waste the trunks, uh, we don't want to waste the time the trunks has given us thing. I don't really dig that. I'm not down with that. That's that's stupid. Don't be stupid. You have a fucking time machine. Don't be stupid. Ugh. But anyway, Goku goes to get healed because motherfucker's got a hole through his stomach. And Vegeta kind of catches everybody up on the whole story. Uh, you know, that's at that point. That's when Beerus leaves. Uh, work out the rest yourselves. Now... There was an interesting part in this episode that I'd completely forgotten about, but Trunks, Little Trunks, you know, waiting there on the patio or whatever for the time machine to come back to see if Big Him is ultimately successful in this fight against Zamasu and Goku Black. He sees that Vegeta and Goku just got the shit kicked out of him. And they're back, and they don't want anything bad to happen to future Trunks. Little Trunks doesn't want anything bad to happen to future him. So he comes up with the brilliant idea of going to get Goten. And they're going to go forward in the future. And they're going to fight Goku Black. It's like a really quick three-minute thing and it's really one of the episodes that kind of you could cite uh, especially if you have the stance that Super was real bad to Trunks and Goten which I don't think anybody can refute that Super has been a really shitty series for Trunks and Goten I think it's been excellent to Vegeta I think it's you know par for the course with Goku being the main protagonist and all that it's been excellent to Vegeta it's been shitty to Gohan it's been shitty to Goten it's been shitty to little Trunks I think it was pretty cool to future Trunks I, I mean, we could go on and on with who it was good and who it was bad to, but it was good to Roshi, uh, it was bad to Tianjin Han, like, real bad to Tianjin Han, Uh who, uh, I mean, we could fucking go on and on for days talking about that shit, but my point is, the idea of Trunks and Goten going forward in the future to fuse, uh, as a Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks, to fight Goku Black, caught me fucking stupid, but that doesn't sound like an awful idea to me. Uh, I know that they are children. I know that they are super cocky. I know that they... um you know, are, are ultimately like the last hope or whatever. And that's really what threw them into the thick of things during the Majin Boo arc in Dragon Ball Z is there was really nobody else to help. Vegeta was evil. Gohan was fucking off getting awakened by the elder Kai. Uh, Goku was technically dead. Like there really wasn't anybody else to be able to step up and face Buu. So that's why they bring in the fusion dance and they make Gotenks after some failed attempts and taps into that super saiyan three power. My point is Gotenks is fucking powerful. Um, Why wouldn't you consider that to be an option? They are so, so quick to shoot it down in this. And and Bulma just talks Trunks out of it. So, Goten goes off... uh, Excuse me, Trunks goes off to find Goten. He's sleeping at home. Knocks on his window. Wakes the kid up. They're flying back to Capsule Corp. They're going to go jump in the time... I think that's the plan for Trunks. They want to go jump in the time machine. Go forward in time and fight Goku Black. Crazy fucking little eight, nine-year-old kids. But, whatever. I appreciate the spunkiness of their fucking... Uh, desire to fight and, and help like I, Goten and Trunks underserved in this series. End to Z, they're really fun and they 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 show that they've got so much potential to build off of. And Super through 131 episodes, just fucking repeatedly dumps on them. <sighs> but they're flying off to go back uh, to the Capsule Court building and jump in that time machine. It's a quick little shot of Chi Chi and Gohan uh, out looking for Goku. They go and con uh, they go in and talk to Cop Krillin. Um, Krillin as a cop just doesn't still, it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, uh, but whatever, got to make the money if you're pulling down a piece of ass like Android 18, I guess. So way to go, uh, Krillin, we love you. Uh, obviously he is aware that Goku has been fighting Goku back in the future, but he kind of, you know, keeps that to himself and says, Hey, I just haven't seen him. Um, while this exchange is going on, actually Krillin just says "peace, bitch" and, and takes off on his fucking little motorbike. Uh, it's like a uni- it's like a motorbike, but like a Segway, but like I don't know, man. Toriyama technology is buck wild. Uh, he takes off, says "peace, bitch," and no sooner does that happen, Chi Chi and Gohan look up overhead, see Goten and Trunks uh, flying. Goten's out of bed. It's you know after seven thirty p.m. on a fucking Thursday night, so. Ooh, what's, what's up here? Um, Gohan picks up Chi Chi. He's got all this ridiculous amount of food that Chi Chi has been stress cooking for Goku, hoping that he'd come home and they fly off to the Capsule court building. Um, that's when the, the, the trunk's plan is kind of revealed to Bulma, Hey, this is my plan here. Um, and, and, and Bulma just shoots it down. And I did just say a minute ago that Vegeta has been, you know, well taken care of as a character in super, um, This is one thing that is kind of a slight to Vegeta, I guess. Uh, But at the same time, I feel like also kind of builds character. Like, I feel like you could kind of look at it in two different ways, right? So as Bulma's telling Trunks, what are you fucking crazy, dude? No, we're not going to let you and Goten go forward in the future. Like, And I kind of like how Bulma plays it, too. She's like, come on, man. Like, you can't do that to Goten. You can do that to Chi-Chi. Not, you know, trying to hurt Trunks' feelings, like trying to put him down. But she does ultimately say, like... You know, Goku's going to take care of this, man Like, you can't You're not the one to take care of this We've got Goku, if Goku can't take care of this You know, we're all boned, basically And Vegeta overhears it You know, while he's standing a few feet away Like, just on the other side of some bushes And For a moment, you're like, ah, man It must suck for a man to hear His wife say that Another man is going to save them (laughs) It's, uh it's an interesting dynamic for sure. But I mean, Vegeta has that moment where he's like, Oh damn it. Can't believe she just fucking said that, that Goku's going to be the one to save us all. I want to be the one to save us. And, uh, I think it's just an interesting dynamic because he doesn't let it get him down. I mean, obviously he goes off to go train while they're waiting. Uh, tells them it's going to take about 12 hours to refuel, to be able to have enough energy to go back to the future for round three with Zamasu and Goku black. So, um, it, it's a it's an interesting episode. Goku's getting healed by some more um, conventional medical standards, I, I guess. Like he's resting up in a healing chamber in the capsule court building. Uh, no Senzu Beans, no Jesus Christ, no Kami, no Dende. Um, good old-fashioned crazy technology. Uh, Vegeta goes off to go train in the time chamber again. Also very dope. As Goku's resting, um, he realizes that Chi-Chi and Gohan's there. He goes out. Hey, what's up? Bento boxes. Word. Love bento boxes. Eats all the GD bento boxes. Um, as that happens, Piccolo and Krillin show up. Krillin obviously went and contacted Piccolo and was like, hey, we better go head over to Capsule Corp and help how we can, however we can. And as Vegeta lets them all know, like, this dude's immortal. There's really nothing we can do to defeat them. Piccolo says it. It might be one way. Mafuba. That's in the sub. For you dub fans, evil containment wave. And I like how the dub did it. Um, the dub, instead of using Mafuba, used evil containment wave. But when Piccolo responds containment, he doesn't say evil containment wave. Uh, he just says containment. We're going to contain them. And then he says the evil containment wave. Now it's fucking remarkable to me. How many people who watch dragon ball super have never seen the original dragon ball series. Um, It's even more amazing to me how many people think the original Dragon Ball series is a prequel to Dragon Ball Z. I mean, technically, yes, it is a prequel to Dragon Ball Z um, in that it came before Dragon Ball Z, um, but it wasn't made after Dragon Ball Z. It was made before Dragon Ball Z. It is ridiculous to me that I just had to waste the last three fucking sentences outlining such a ludicrous scenario about how people have never watched or really know or understand what the first Dragon Ball series is. But if you watched it or you read the manga or whatever, you would know that the evil containment wave, AKA the Mafuba uh, was used by Mutin Roshi or attempted to be used by Mutin Roshi uh, in the Piccolo Daimao saga. And uh, Roshi's master Mutaito uh, he actually created the evil containment wave in order to defeat Piccolo out, like I think a hundred years previous to the time when Goku fought him if you have not watched Dragon Ball I would do yourself a favor to really understand Piccolo a little bit more uh, and understand how cool this is from a super perspective because super is a series I mean it's got its flaws but one thing it really does a good job with is call back to older Dragon Ball so it, it's you know yeah reusing ideas to a certain extent but kind of acknowledging the long-term fan base or the really hardcore fan base who know all of these things about it. And, you know, it's cool to see the Mafuba back and play and relevant again for the first time in, you know, whatever, 25, 30 years. So um, go back and watch that Piccolo out arc and understand, um, you know, how Mutaito used it, how powerful of a technique it was, how it really is, you know, like a last resort sort of you know, all or nothing. This is our last chance technique. And just to understand like the idea that Piccolo brings this up is fucking, it's really cool to me. I I like it. I realize I'm probably making a little bit more of it than I should, but whatever, dude, first Dragon Ball series, I think is my favorite Dragon Ball series. Um, So I like any kind of callbacks to that. And obviously the Mafuba goes on again to reappear in Super during the Tournament of Power arcs used by Master Roshi um, because he is a crafty motherfucker. Uh, So Piccolo offers that as an idea and then says, I'll show you how to perform it. And Goku says, nah, bitch, peace. And instant transmissions off to Master Roshi's island. And uh, yeah, learns the Mafuba in about 12 hours time. Takes him all night. He just practices on Master Roshi's turtle. So Goku learns the technique in about 12 hours. They make a talisman for him. Give him the jar, uh, the rice jar, to go seal uh, Goku Black and Zamasu in. And uh, from there, they're going to go back to the future. Now... That's more or less the end of the episode, except one quick scene that I referenced earlier in this discussion about Beerus going back to Gawasu and trying to say, hey, we need to do something to fix this. We didn't fix this. And ultimately, it's a plea for Beerus, even though he's very against it. And again, I kind of don't like the Time Rings as as part of the Kai lore here, when so much of Super has said that the gods, you know, Kaios and God of Destructions alike don't don't like the idea of mortals interfering with the timeline and you know kind of um abusing the power of gods uh, to an extent here um but Beerus goes back to Gowasu and, and pleads with him to be able to use the time ring um to you know to be continued uh I watched episode 63 the following one last night me and me and Vapor Mike watched it and uh I gotta be honest man 63 is one of my favorite episodes of Super this one that we're talking about today was was pretty cool for you know uh, really an episode that has no huge battles in it the first few minutes are you know quick battle with Trunks and Zamasu and Black in the future but for the most part it's them kind of regrouping and getting ready to go back for round 3 round 3 starting next episode in 63 it's one of my favorite Vegeta moments ever and if you watch the series already, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Get pumped for next week! I cannot fucking wait to hear Chris Sabat yell the lines in episode 63. It's gonna be super fucking dope. I'm pumped. Anyway, great job again, Funimation this week. Telling you, man, I, I've watched pieces of Kai, and um, and I haven't watched Kai as a whole, but I've watched pieces of it, and I've you know noticed. Um, how well they did with those translations and script adaptations versus what they did in early Z that's just you know that kind of makes sense they were such a young company with early Z I I haven't always been pro-dubs but right now I'm very pro-dub they're doing a wonderful job bringing super uh, over to the states so speaking of the states this motherfucking weekend I've been talking about it since like GD November This motherfucking weekend, I sit here talking to you guys on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Vaping Mike is like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh, Fixing a house or something. Fixing this house. I don't know. Uh, Brandon is currently driving back from New York. I think Carlton might have gone back to work today. My point is, I don't got a fucking posse. I'm going to posse right now, all right? So it's just me talking to you guys. But it's probably for the best. Mainly because... I've been sitting around all weekend just being like, oh, man, I'm not a Kamehakan and being like fucking, you know, borderline stupid about it. And I've been keeping my eye on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook uh, throughout the weekend. And as I said at the top of the show, it seems like this was a very successful event. Um, you guys know, like, I kind of go back and forth on geekdom sometimes. Um, I, I respect the man's knowledge and obviously his influence and his reach. Sometimes he says some things where I'm like, maybe you could be a little less douchey. Um, but him in conjunction with Kamekon really seemed to make this thing such a resounding success. So for me to him, even though I'm sure you don't fucking listen to this, um, you know, congratulations, man. The guy did a great job making sure that they put together a quality convention. I think, and uh, you know, big ups to the the people who planned Kamekon and to into Donnie. Uh, congratulations. Everybody seemed to have a great time. I wish I was there. Um, I did take a, a couple of, or wrote down a couple of things that, you know, I saw over the weekend uh, that I thought were, you know, kind of interesting. So, and not only that, but we also had a couple people who were, you know, friends and fans of the show. Uh, my boy Royce Sama, uh, he's actually at KamehamehaCon right now. Uh, he made it out there for the last day, thank God, after some, uh, complications with his travel uh my boy wes from baltimore also made his way down to uh texas as well for the con so he's been there all three days and uh you know talked with them a little bit tried to pick their brain on the overall vibe and the general feel seems like people are just having a good fucking time and enjoying being part of this community but as far as things that i saw or heard from those people rio hurikawa you know the voice actor for vegeta he he's the big fucking celebrity at this con, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it, it's cool to have all of the American voice actors there, but realistically, guys, like I, I believe Funimation isn't headquartered in. Houston. I could be wrong, but it's either Houston or Dallas. Uh, I I knew at one point and have since forgotten, but it's in Texas is my fucking point. They're not traveling all that far. And you know, there are a billion of them at that con in terms of original voice actors from the Japanese, uh, Rio Horikawa. He's definitely the, you know, the big celeb this weekend. And Wes told me that the line of people to meet him over the weekend has just been ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, Definitely more than most people. Uh, Masako X uh, from Team Four Star. I heard he has been one of the uh, nicer online um, personalities, celebrities. Are we calling these people celebrities? Um, I don't know if that's the right thing to call (laughs) (laughs) them. Online personalities. How about that? Um, Obviously, the voice of Goku in the Team Four Star. Um, Dragon Ball abridged... uh, series on youtube he's fucking phenomenal knows his dragon ball shit i heard he has been one of the nicest people this week on the flip side of that i heard one of the saltiest people this week was uh shemmel now by salty i don't mean that he did anything particularly egregious i just heard that for the most part he um has been pretty short with people that uh Have gone up to his table to meet him. I I mean, I'm sure that... I mean, I've seen a bunch of pictures online, and he seems like he's pretty approachable. I met him personally at a con six months ago. He was great to me. I talked to that dude all day. If you haven't heard the... I think it's episode 115, Dragon Ball Super Dope episode 115, it's me... Uh, getting hopped up on seventy centimeter square window and beers, and just talking about my time, you know, at the con and where I met Shemmel. He was great to me, but I heard he's being a little bit short with people this week, I, and that he he was kind of busting people's chops about how they don't know his wide body of work. I don't know how much uh, Shemmel may have been trolling people on that, given that he's obviously the most famous for uh, Dragon Ball. But uh, whatever. Um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of pictures. Do people seem pretty happy with the guy. I had a positive experience, but uh, I did hear he was a little short with people. Although, I would be, too. I mean, Dragon Ball fans, that could be a lot to fucking take on, right? Like, all up in your face, like, oh, give me a K.O. Ken. A K.O. Ken. Give me a Kamehameha. Fucking, that would shoot great on me, too. So, like, I get if If he was short to anybody, I get it. I would be, too. You fucking people are all annoying. And three days of that shit in a row, woof. But of course, that's the perspective of me as a celebrity and not some fucking Dragon Ball fanboy. So, whatever. Uh, Wiz Yakuza, I, th- I heard he debuted a new piece. Uh, I have a bunch of Wiz Yakuza stuff on the wall here um, in the room where we record. So, if you're not following us on Instagram, on Instagram go do that. It's DB Super Dope. Uh, you can see some of the art that I'm referencing here. And, you know, if, if you're on Instagram at all, I guarantee you, you've seen this guy's art. He's amazing. Uh, He introduced uh, a Goku versus Thanos, Ultra Instinct Goku versus Thanos piece, I guess. And I'd seen like an earlier sketch of it, or maybe like an uncompleted version of it a few weeks back, and didn't think too much of it. But people seem to like that piece, man. And I think it's interesting because UI Goku versus Thanos—that's been like the real popular fucking topic since Infinity Wars come out over the last couple weeks. And uh, y'all know how I feel about it, and. Not that I've talked about it or anything, but Goku. Do we really have to have this discussion? I get the power of the Infinity fucking Gauntlet. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Goku would just be like, Infinity Gauntlet's mine. Like that. Speed of light. Infinity Gauntlet's mine. I'm not going to give you any spoilers uh, on Infinity War because I understand people are still getting to see it. It's been out for you know over a week, 10 days or so. If you haven't watched Infinity War yet and you're still worried about spoilers, um, you're fucking delusional. Um, but I will give you the courtesy of not discussing the movie any further. Uh, that being said, a couple people actually recommended that we do a Infinity War discussion here on Superdope, which I might do. Uh, me and Brandon are going to be hanging out tomorrow, so uh, maybe I can talk him in to go see the movie or something and uh, rope him in for an extra episode of Super Dope this week. We shall see, but uh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, Superdope discusses Infinity War, because obviously... If you're listening to us talk about Dragon Ball, maybe you want to hear us talk about a comic book movie. Uh, Highlight of the weekend at Kamehameha-Con, I have to say, from everything I saw and people I've talked to and what I've seen, highlight of the Kamehameha-Con was the Prince of All Panels. Now, that's the name of the panel that included all three voice actors for Vegeta, uh, Hurikawa, Chris Sabbath, and Brian Drummond from the Ocean Dub, the OG Ocean Dub. And Geekdom moderated the panel. Uh, Danny did a good job, from what I'm told. I mean, I didn't see the whole panel. I'm hoping that videos uh, of things maybe start to come out over the next week or two. I, I don't know um, how accessible or how uh, able people were able to uh, record uh video for that. But maybe if the Kamehameha people who organized it, the organizers there, maybe if they tape some stuff, that would be cool. That, that would be a great way for them to build a YouTube following, for sure, is uh, releasing some of the... Um, the, the awesome panels and lineups that they had this weekend but overall uh, Herkawa, Sabat and Drummond having the three way Vegeta panel concluded with geekdom uh, all the props in the world for this prompting asking them to do a, uh, a simultaneous big bang attack so they don't just throw out their fucking hands and yell big bang attack it's badass here's the sound now I'll be the three dots I'll be following you okay I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three, two, one, go, and then you go. All right, ready? All right. Okay. okay. There we go. Go. All right. Three, two, one, go. Big bang. Uh, so, obviously, that, you know, caught me rock hard as a fucking Vegeta fan, for sure. Uh, I did see some interesting tweets about people going up to voice actors with, um, like, hentai fucking prints. Like, I, like, I don't know any of any specific examples, but let me dream one up for you real quick. <laughs> like, some kind of uh, naked Bulma picture or something. They're going up to Monica Real, and, and they're like, hey, what's up, baby? Sign this Bulma. That shit's fucking creepy. If you don't have... Um, the sensibility or the common sense or however you want to fucking put it um, to not do that sort of thing and put a voice actor in an awkward situation like that like that could be misconstrued I bet you in some states I don't know this but fucking somebody if they know it I bet you that could be construed as like sexual harassment like you're fucking forcing somebody you know I'll be a celebrity making a, an appearance at a con getting paid to be there you're like forcing nudity in front of their face like that's there's got to be some kind of law against that shit right you fucking idiots uh, anyway, speaking of voice actors, um, yeah, Monica Real she did a uh drinking with the VIP uh access holders over the weekend. Um, I guess Saturday night, last night, they had a drinking with Balma thing. So they all go meet her out at a bar and, and just drink and talk with her. So that's cool. I mean, imagine how many fanboys showed up with a half chub for that. Uh, Kara Edwards was another voice actor who had a lot of positive um reaction from everything i saw on the internet she's the one who does the voices for the dub voices for goten and videl um a lot of people seem to enjoy meeting her and she seemed pretty cool um what else cosplay contest all right dude we gotta fucking talk about this i just plugged the instagram um db super dope if you don't follow us go follow us but i posted up this photo i think this morning of awesome Android 16 cosplay with like half of his head blown up on the side like it's fucking very well done and from what I understand that dude actually went on to win the cosplay contest on Saturday uh, so big ups to 16 but man he's standing next to this creepy ass commie it is like the, the robe and the outfit and shit looks cool but He's got, like, this weird-ass plaster alien forehead thing going on, and I don't know what the fuck it's made out of, but I definitely had this creepy-ass commie invade my effing nightmares last night. It it was—it's scary. It's seriously—it's nightmare fuel for sure, so— if you're curious to take a peek inside my fucking um, sleeping brain and see the kind of weird shit that pops up in it, go visit the Instagram page to see what this fucking weird, creepy, scary commie looks like. I think I make a fucking horror movie out of this shit. For real. Didn't I didn't like it. I got to pick up my notes because I threw them in terror having just fucking thought of this crazy commie. Cool. Uh, what's up panel they had a cool panel uh, p- 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 they had one that revolved around the ocean dub actors they had another one that revolved around the Dragon Ball Z villains in general Frieza Cell Boo um, presumably Sabbath was on that one as well uh, they had another smaller panel with the uh, voice actors for Boo and Mr. Satan Um, And they actually there's a cool clip online of of the two of them, like mimicking each other's characters, which was pretty funny. Um, They did have like the real formal kind of treatment, especially, you you know, you you see the see the pictures on Instagram, you see them on Twitter of people walking the red carpet and and all the Kamehameha shit in the background, people taking selfies, people taking pictures with their friends and shit. I guess Friday night. I wish I had a video or a picture, and if you know what I'm talking about, send it over to me, because I want to see this shit. I hope somebody caught it on video. Somebody actually went so far as to propose to his girlfriend on the red carpet of Con on Friday night. That's a nerd-ass baller move, dude. If... First of all, if you can get a fucking girl to go to command con with you for three fucking days, you're already doing something right. Like, you probably got a real good girl on your hands. You're probably laying some real masterful pipe. Like, you're doing something right in order to talk a girl into going to a con of this fucking intensity for three motherfucking days. Never mind opening night Friday night. So you're already doing something right, right? But then you have the further goal, the further audacity not only to talk your girl and going to go into this, but making the fucking forever moment of the rest of your relationship or life or however you want to look at, at marriage, whatever. Um, the forever moment in this, the, the time when it all changed, when he finally decided to put a ring on it and fucking show some long-term commitment... Came on the red carpet at a motherfucking Dragon Ball convention. I don't know who this dude is he proposed to his girl. The girl said yes. I mean, by the way, I I feel like I I failed to mention that. The girl obviously fucking said yes. Thus fucking concluding, this is the most baller-ass nerd of my fucking life. I don't know who you are, kid, but props to you. I owe you a fucking beer. Congratulations on your fucking proposal. I hope you and your fiance have a long, happy, loving life together. Uh, I guess there was also some cool fan debates, and by cool, I mean they happened. Uh, the idea of sitting in, it, it'd be like, the idea of sitting in like these little side panel rooms or these side like convention hall rooms and sitting with like a group of, you know, 20, 30 people with a big fucking whiteboard in front of us uh, debating whether Dragon Ball GT is better than Dragon Ball Super and vice versa. Um, that sounds like real life Twitter to me. And I. Kind of fucking hate Twitter for the most part um, because of this sort of um, debate. I'm right, you're wrong. Bring your opinion, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, everybody has their opinions, but like some of the hardo bullshit I see on Twitter just makes me not want to be on Twitter. So the idea of a real life version of that makes me um, makes me think that if I'd gone to Comicon, these would have been things that I'd actively avoided. That being said, it's cool to know that you know Comicon went to the depths of. Not only getting all of these great voice actors and celebrity, you know, guests, the, and the and organizing the panels and getting all these great vendors with all this great merch, tons of great merch, tons of great art that I saw throughout the weekend. Uh, if you haven't checked out the uh, story for Comic Con on Facebook, uh, definitely go take a look. But you can also just find a lot of cool art pieces that were bought and signed, consequently, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It, so many cool things. The con people found the guests they found the right vendors but they also went so far as to really cater to the fans and I think really listen to them and, and be like hey what do you guys want to do so while I kind of just you know took a little bit of a, a sarcastic dump on the idea of going to one of these live debates where <laughs> it's discussed if we like GT more than super um, well I just kind of took a dump on it I think it's cool that they did it that's fucking that's that's knowing your audience right there dude so again props to Kamehameha-Con uh, anything else? oh yeah. Uh most popular cosplay of the weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record. Even though that Android 16 with the blown up head won the cosplay contest in first place and all that shit. Uh there is a cosplay of Kale and cauliflower out there, uh done by these two, you know, cosplay chicks with like a hundred fucking thousand followers on Twitter. Like these girls do this shit for a living. Uh Bunny Asu and SS succubus. So at least uh Succubus knows what she's up to. Um, that was probably the greatest cosplay I saw all week. Not only were the was the outfits and the overall presentation, you know, spot fucking on. The hair was great on both of them. It looked like straight out of the anime. And yes, they're both two really good looking chicks. Go figure. Uh, so go follow them on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's uh, what the fuck were they again? Bunny Bunny A-U. All right, I'll I'll spell it. How about that? B u n n y a y u and S S Succubus. Succubus. So, uh, Kamecon seems like it was a great experience. I'm kind of bummed I didn't did not get to go, but I was happy to uh, see that everybody had such a a positive experience. It's still going on right now. It's about a quarter to four on Sunday afternoon, and uh, I'm still seeing some some news tweet out here and there. Hopefully it'll be a uh, an annual event, and I will get to uh, see you guys there next year. Uh, Wes and Royce, thanks for keeping me up to date on things that you guys were experiencing. Even though Royce was uh, rocking a pretty heavy hangover when I talked to him this morning, uh, he got into Dallas last night and uh, went out drinking uh, you know, at a bar locally and bumped into quite a few stupid trashed uh dragon ball fans so i would have been among you guys i'm sorry but hopefully next year and uh great job to the people at Comic con it seems like you guys really had a humongous fucking hit on your hands and uh thank you for doing that thank you to emperor big d geekdom 101 and uh great job and horikawa mvp of this Comic con for sure anything else going on this week uh, not really. Mastar Media put out some kind of um, leaked, quote unquote, scene uh, from supposedly what's the upcoming Dragon Ball movie in 2018, and people gave it some people gave it some validity by you know retweeting it. I, I retweeting it and just kind of being like, "What the fuck is this?" Because they do Mastar Media they're they're the kind of poison they're the kind of clickbait poison that makes our community uh real fucking terrible a lot of time um they went so far as to use the trailer clips of goku getting ready to fight this you know presumably super saiyan god guy that we've been talking about but we don't actually know that for sure right but they went on and animated it and and used some clips from the actual trailer to make it look like the the entire scene and uh First of all, fuck you, Mass Star Media for that kind of shit. Like, I understand that you want clicks. That's the name of the fucking game. But to go so far as to produce, and it's a really well done. Like, I'm not shitting on them for a bad job. Like, they did a good job with it, and that's the fucking problem. Why would you put so much of your time and resources into making a fake solely for the fact of tricking people into thinking this is a leaked scene from the Dragon Ball movie? It's to get more clicks. That is a deceptive fucking tactic, and in my book, makes you a piece of shit. So, I understand you've got a tremendous following. I understand that people fucking continue to get fooled by your stupid clickbait bullshit. But, calling y'all motherfuckers out. That is an elaborate fucking ruse, and you need to get a motherfucking life if you continue to make these fake fucking leaked movie scenes. 2018 DBS exclusive movie scene. Oh, God. That's Arminius. Jesus fucking Christ. No. You guys need to fucking cut it out. Like, get a goddamn hobby, bro. <sighs> Misinformation in this fucking age of Dragon Ball fans uh, is is just, it's it's it fucking drives me nuts. It drives me fucking nuts. So, I just wanted to shout out a big fuck you to those guys on my way out of this episode today. Command um, Con, awesome. We're going to see episode 63 next week of Super. One of my favorite evers. Pachita Summer! That shit's going to be super dope. And uh, yeah, man. You need anything? Hit me on Twitter, uh, DB Super Dope, the number one Instagram, DB Super Dope, or on Facebook, Dragon Ball Super Dope. Please make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a rating and write a review. That helps other people find the show and uh, makes me feel better about myself. And except that one about stabbing himself in the head, that guy, uh, whew, that guy still makes me laugh. Anyway, I got pizza coming. So just watch, I'm sitting here by the window waiting for this fucking pizza to show up. Pizza, pizza. Hopefully we'll be able to do uh, an Infinity War reaction. I'm going to see if Brand because Brandon hasn't seen it yet and neither has Mike because he's been off fucking working like a motherfucker the last uh, month or so. Um, hopefully I'll be able to talk Brandon into go seeing it maybe tomorrow. See if we can do a quick podcast discussing that uh, at the request of some of the listeners. Uh <laughs> anything else? Not really. So <laughs> I want my motherfucking pizza. That was fucking terrible. I shouldn't I shouldn't end it on that for sure. Um I feel like I should say something else, but don't really have much else to say. Um eh, we're over 45 minutes now, I think, at this point, so that's that's good. That's good. Think we're going to uh, actually launch a launch a Patreon page? I, I think that's a thing that's happening. So, if you want to be a patron, help support us and uh, what we're doing here in terms of the content creation. It'll. I, I'm actually trying to come up with some really cool uh, prizes for you guys, or you know, um, perks that you'll get on a monthly basis. Uh, one of which is you'll get to help direct the show here that we're doing. Um, you know, obviously we're still talking dubs here, but we're going to start making additional content and. I want somebody who knows the show, knows our voices, knows Dragon Ball. I want them to help us pick out some categories and some discussion topics. And uh, I think the Patreon will be a good way to help facilitate that. Kind of, uh, you know, kind of help me uh, figure out who the real peeps are and uh, who's really, you know, got the long-term direction of this show in mind. So that being said, be on the lookout for that. I'll release more information on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, soon. We'll see you next week, motherfuckers. I think my pizza just pulled up. Da-da-da-da. That was better.